0: Merry Christmas, which is Merry Christ Mass, hallelujah. You cannot take Christ out of Christmas. As we walk through this holiday season, I see different kinds of people, different lives unfolding, some very blessed, some very happy, some live in the dream, and some are concerned about getting the right gifts. Have you been there? others have no gifts because they have nothing to celebrate they have no hope they have not found christ some have no money some have no families i have a lot of elderly people that i work with i have no one no one to sit at christmas and celebrate with them no one to sit on christmas eve on the couch and to watch their christmas holiday movies I had one woman say, no, I'm just going to sit at home and eat a bologna and cheese sandwich. And I said, I love bologna. That is a blessing. Bologna and Kobe cheese and potato chips, lay your ears back and just eat it. And she just laughed because sometimes you just have to take a bad situation and make the best of it. Hallelujah. Some people are dreading to gather together with their family. Some people say, oh, no, i got to go over to, your in, to my in-laws, and i got to put up with my mother-in-law or my father-in-law, or i got to put up with Uncle Silly or, or Aunt Lucy, and oh, boy, if I could just. But you know what? There are those that are caught up in doubt of the virgin birth. And while they are searching through books and skinning skinning through the uh, Internet, they're exhausting themselves, and they become even more confused because they can't step out in faith. And finally, there are those that have been drawn by something more powerful, something that's beyond their intellect, Something that reaches beyond the thought process of man's mind and causes them to leap into faith, into the world of hope, into the world of promise. Hallelujah. I have been all the above. I have been all the above. Have you? Yeah. If we could only stop strife, if we could only stop judgment of others, division and cliques and gossips, if we could just get into that state of mind that's like the mind of Christ and go back to our first love and return to the love of our Messiah, wouldn't it be wonderful? But we have all found ourselves in all of these positions. I see saints turning to ants the joy of the salvation drained out of them like water being poured out of a pitcher. Because why? Because of the cares of life. Because of sickness, because of disease, because of the stress of family and finances. The road has just gotten too rough. Hallelujah. And they give up. I've been there. But what we need to do as saints of God is we need to come together in unity. Because you know what? If we're divided, you're conquered. But if you're unified in the spirit of Christ and you're headed in the same direction, we can win and be victorious through him. But then I see a refreshing, a glimmer of hope pushing through as the spirit of the Lord fills the house and fills people with the Holy Ghost that are thrilled about knowing God and and thrilled about receiving salvation. They're still excited about being on the road, walking the journey, being in the army of God. Hallelujah. They can still lift their hands and praise the Lord. As Job said in all of his trials and all of his things that came upon him, he never lost his integrity. He still held on. On to the Lord, he still held on to the promises of God. He still offered the sacrifices that he was supposed to offer. He was a righteous man in his day, and maybe we do not count ourselves as righteous because we are not. But we are clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We did run well. What has hindered us? Hard times or the end times? the Lord said that he would not come except there be a great falling away. We're living in the end times. Now is the time to run to Jesus, not run away from him. Hallelujah. Paul wrote it in Hebrews chapter 12. You can look it up if you like. Wherefore seeing we also are compressed about with so great, and I underlined great, A cloud of witnesses. And then I underlined, let us. Because there is strength in numbers. Let us lay aside every weight and every sin which doth easily beset us and let us run. I underlined run. Let us run, not walk, not crawl, not be dragged, but let us run. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. With patience, Jesus, the race that is set before us. Hallelujah. And when I prayed this morning, I said, Lord, let us be able to maintain and fulfill this great commission that you have given us. It's a great commission to be able to spread the light and the love of Jesus Christ looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for, and I underline this, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. I find that just incomprehensible that he had joy in taking up the cross. Jesus said, if any man follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross. Amen. This is Christmas. It's the power of God unto salvation. That's it. Christmas is the power of God unto salvation. He, Jesus, was our Savior. For consider him that endured such contradictions of sinners against himself. He took on sin even though it separated himself. It's something that he knew not, but he took up on the sins of the world. Lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. And I underlined, faint in your mind is are you playing the mind game? the mind game in your walk with Christ or your denial to walk with Christ? Is it a mind game constantly for you? Don't allow that. Don't allow the enemy to come in or don't allow flesh to come in, the the intellect of man to come in and pull you away from the faith that you knew, from the hope that you had. You have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. In other words, you have not hung on the cross at Calvary. You have not shed your life's blood. You have come to the altar and received the blood of Christ. You haven't given blood. Hallelujah. Sometimes I feel like I've given blood, sweat, and tears. Amen. Sometimes I feel like I have uh, given all that I could give and I could not possibly give anymore. And then the Lord reminds me, you're okay. You're fine. Just keep on keeping on. We used this scripture last week. But Jesus did. And, and all of this we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are called according to his purpose what is your purpose is you, what is your purpose are you in the call for the purpose of God examine ourselves We're predestinated, we're called, we're justified, we'll be glorified. We shall see him one of these days, face to face, and we shall be like him. What should we say then? If God be for us, who can be against us? Hallelujah. This is Christmas. Let us celebrate its true meaning. God is with us. Humanity has met its savior, and his name is Jesus, Yeshua, our savior, the king of kings, the lord of lords, the prince of peace, the rose of Sharon, hallelujah, the lily of the valley, the the comforter, the Emmanuel, God with us. Our savior is born with the one and only mission. And that is to redeem fallen man, you and I. Hallelujah. Right down to us and our children and our children's children. Hallelujah. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Let us rejoice and let us be glad that we know him. That if we were sitting alone on the couch on Christmas Day, we could still be sitting with Jesus. Hallelujah. If we were laying in the bed in the nursing home, looking at the walls or looking out the window, if we were lucky enough to have a bed window, Hallelujah. We can lay there in the arms of Jesus. Hallelujah. Because no matter what state we're in, whether we're young and strong, whether our hands work right or our knees work right, or we're laying on the deathbed, we can rejoice that for unto us a child has been born. The text this morning is Matthew chapter 17 and i'm just going to go through it as peter, james and john which is what's the brother of jesus they were they were taken to mount hermon and there the three of them see jesus transfigured his appearance changed into a more beautiful glorious state a spiritual state, a radiant glory. His face did shine as the sun. And I know someone else who was on the way to Damascus, hallelujah, on a road called, hallelujah, the road to Damascus, and there was a light shining brighter than the noonday sun, hallelujah. And it said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And they seen, Peter, James, and John, they seen Jesus changed and transformed and transfigured into this glorious state. And Peter said, Lord, is it good for us to be here? Have you ever, Sister Carolyn, have you ever been in a state, you say, Lord, is this a, is this a path that I, that I should take? Is this, is this where you want me to be? Is and, and you receive a word from the Lord and, and the and the Spirit of the Lord is all over you and you can feel and I have felt this the brush of angel wing coming across my face or or the spirit passed by and it it raised the hair on my flesh and I'm saying Lord is this a good place for me to be? Woohoo I just want to fall out on the floor and lay down and and, and cry hallelujah. And I could only imagine just this little experience that we've had. How Peter and James and John must have felt in the presence of the Lord. When Jesus touched them, he said, arise and be not afraid. And Christ has touched your life with the Holy Ghost. And he's telling you, rise up and don't be afraid. Be in my presence. Stand in my glory. Rise up. We used to sing that song, Shackled by a heavy burden. Neath the load of guilt and shame. But then the hand of Jesus touched me. And I have never felt the same. Woo, hallelujah. I have never felt the same. I have never felt the joy and the peace of mind. Ever. from the, At that time, When I was touched by the Lord. And if you don't know him, then you don't know what I am talking about. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, the comfort, then you can't experience the joy and the peace that I know. But it's for you if you want it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when they arose, they saw no man save only Jesus. And I want you to keep that word in mind. They saw no man save Jesus only. Save Jesus only. David told me one time, he said, keep your eye on the carrot, Pastor Mary. And he told me this several years ago. Keep your eye on the carrot, that being Jesus. And when I get in a situation, and we all get in those situations, that little sentence comes back. Lord, I'm keeping my eye on you. I'm keeping my vision straight. I'm keeping my focus right here. I am only seeing you. While walking up the mountain, Mount Hermon was the mountain, and it doesn't say that exactly, I don't think, in that text, but it is it's later in a different one. While walking up the mountain, they must have walked and talked with Jesus in the most common times of the way that a student would walk with their master, because they called him master. But when they reached the top of the mountain, there was a change in their vision, a glorious excitement. A transfiguration took place. How many need a change in your life? How many need a change in your vision? Hallelujah. The scripture reminds us, without the vision, the people perish. Have you lost your vision? Or have you changed your vision? I can put on her glasses, and I can guarantee you if she puts on mine, neither one of us can see a thing. Holy moly,) Woo-hoo! Hallelujah. But when I put on the vision that Jesus gave me, I can see clearly. Amen. Hallelujah. I can see clearly. And you have to put on the vision that Jesus gave you so you can see clearly. Don't put on my vision, put on the vision that Jesus gave you for your ministry, for your walk, for your time in God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm excited. (laughs) Hallelujah. Their eyes beheld Jesus only. The power of God incarnated, manifested in the flesh, the redeemer of humanity. What did this really mean when they saw Elijah and Moses and Jesus all there on the Mount of Transfiguration? Peter, James, and John have this delightful, joyous moment, but later they fall into denial because of adversity, and one even cursed and said, I don't even know him, but yet they had this glorious vision. So I remind you this, that when you fall under adversity, remember you're just like Peter. Peter right? All of the disciples went and hid in their houses. Come on. We are just human and we are going to have faults and failures and we're not going to live up to people's expectations. But the one thing that makes us different is that we get up. We get up. And another thing that makes us different Is that when we fall and our brother falls beside us, we don't just get up and run, but we get up and we grab his arm. And we say, come on, come on, come on, we can do this thing. We can do it. We can do this thing. God has given us a vision and a hope. Hallelujah. Amen. True children of God, don't leave any fallen saint behind. Hallelujah. How we are so quickly fallen into a state of miserableness when we're left alone. Amen. We have been under the voice of the anointed gospel carried by the anointed minister. And we have been under the listening ear of the Word of God with power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. We've delighted and we've been exhilarated and we've been lifted up so high that we fell to the floor because we could not stand under the presence of God. The cloud filled the house and the room. We were strong and we stood and we said, This is wonderful. And afterwards, when it was all said and done and it was all over, we exited home, we picked up our burdens, threw them on our back, amen, and went home and on our jobs and forgot about the joyous experience we had in the Holy Ghost. Guilty. I am guilty. Nothing left, nothing left at all of the words that was preached Nothing that you thought you could take into the conflicts of everyday life. The experience was splendid, but now nothing more is left because you're home on the couch alone. You're sitting in your job and, you're, and people are talking about you, people are criticizing you. There was nothing left of that joyous experience because you picked it all up the death, the dying. The finances, the bills, the grandkids, all my lands. I just had to say yesterday, Lord, I just give Evan to you. I had said it before. And I had said it before that. But I said yesterday, Lord, I'm just giving him to you. And I'm not picking that burden up again and carrying it on my shoulders. I'm praying in the name of Jesus, he'll make the right choices. He's in your hands now, Lord. I can't do another thing. How many's been there? Can you relate to what I'm saying? You remember the experience, the word, but you cannot hold on to it. You're only human, just like Peter, James, and John. We hear the gospel, but can't perceive its reality. We listen with respect, to the gospel history, we hear with reverence, it's days of miracles and victories, but we can't hold on to it. There isn't enough of it to apply to our common everyday life struggles, or is there? Is somebody playing a mind game on you? Let's not let the mind game go in your mind. Don't be troubled. For in my father's house are many mansions. Hallelujah. Don't let the enemy play the mind game on you. As the infamous Grinch said, and I quote the Grinch, maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps means a little bit more. The Savior. You cannot take Christ out of Christmas because it's Christ's mass. And thousands of people are flying to Israel to go to the city of Bethlehem, to go into the Church of the Nativity to celebrate the birth of Christ. Woo! Some have stated we are Radical worshipers. I've lost my mind for Christ. I'll tell you, I have to admit it. I'm pretty radical at times. Christ's existence is not a fact, it's confined to antiquities and distant, far places. But his spirit lives in the church, let me tell you. We have seen him, but not with our eyes. We have heard him, but not with our ears. We have grasped a hold of the spiritual life with him, though not with our hands. Hallelujah. We have with us this very day Jesus, our Savior. He has not left us without comfort. For we have the presence of the Holy Ghost that lives inside our temples. We, the church, we, the church, are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And we have that comforter right with us. So when we lean on him, he knows our secrets of our hearts. He bears our sorrows and our griefs. He instructs our hearts with his word. He reveals his mysteries of his word unto us. When we call upon his name, Jesus. Hallelujah. He speaks peace. He speaks peace. He touches us. He says to us, Arise and see Jesus only. Arise and see Jesus only, our long awaited Messiah. Hold on to the vision. Briefly, Moses represented the law. That's why he was there. He represented the law. Jesus fulfilled it. Elijah represented the prophets. And the scripture was that that, uh, the law and the prophets were until John. But since then, the kingdom of heaven has been preached. And men have to what? Press. You think that we're in an army just to go play pool? Play cards? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with playing pool. but We're in an army to fight the battle, and we've got to put our war robes on. We've got to put all of our military gear on, all of our armor. If he had only seen Moses, if Peter, James, and John, if they had only seen Moses, it would have been like exchanging the sun for the moon. Jesus being the bright sun. And Moses be in the moon. Exchanging our master's love, grace, and mercy for a man whose name was synonymous with the law. The letter killeth, but the spirit maketh life. Yet there are still those who want to be under the law and not under mercy, love, and grace. I'll take mercy, love, and grace. Because I need a whole lot of grace and a whole lot of mercy. Who would have exchanged the fellowship of Jesus for the outward acts and the symbolic rituals and the customs and traditions of man? And when, I, when you read the New Testament, you've got to realize that Paul wrote a lot of things in a world of a man's world. And a lot of things he wrote under customs and traditions. So the Bible says, study to show yourself. I approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. So you've got to be careful as you learn the word that you rightly divide the word. Although Moses is to be honored, a man that was in the presence of God for 40 days and his countenance did shine. I don't think any of our countenances shined like Moses because he had to have a veil put over his face. Moses was a man. The law did not spare the guilty, but the bringing in of a better hope did. Christ Jesus, almost done. I once was lost, but now I'm found. He looked beyond all my faults, and he saw my needs. I'll tell you what, when I'm writing these lessons, and I'm reading the word, I can not hardly sit still on the couch. Come on. And I get inspired, and I write, and I get ahead of myself. And, Lord, you're just giving it to me too fast here, Lord. And I have to get the white out, and I have to write it out, and I have to rewrite it so I can actually read it myself. (laughs) (laughs) With Moses, we read the Scripture with condemnation. But with hope in seeing Christ, we go free. With the hope in seeing Christ, we go free. Are you free? Whom the Son has set free is free indeed, is what the Scripture says. Hallelujah. 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 (laughs) Elijah the prophet would not be the gentle Savior, but the lion, the voice that would cry and roar and would destroy Israel for their sins he would have called down fire from heaven and it would consume the Sadducees and the Pharisees just like it consumed the priestess of Baal. Herod would have, his blood would have been licked up like Ahab's by a dog. And Herodias, she would have been killed and slaughtered and destroyed like Jezebel. But all of this power and vengeance would not have helped or changed or saved me or you. It would be a poor exchange for grace, wouldn't it? The top of the Mount Carmel, it was glorious to see those three and the transfiguration. What a glorious experience. But the top of Calvary is victorious and it gave freedom to you and me. Prophecy of woe and destruction holds no weight to the prophecy of wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The challenge I give to you is The Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. Who is still halting between two opinions? Who is still undecided if they can let go of their intellect and actually get a hold of the spiritual reality? Who is still halting and still... Still wavering and still can't quite give it up. I, I want to. I see it. I feel it. But I just, I just still got to draw back just a little bit. I'm just not quite sure. I say to you, if God be God, then walk with him. If the world and humanity and Baal be Baal, then follow them. But at the end, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Who stands trembling, unsure, confused before Elijah? And not knowing before, not rejoicing before the Savior. The word is near, more nearer than you think. The word is near, and yet you receive it not. Just because you have said, Well, there, there is a Savior. That doesn't make you saved. And just because you have a sense of right and wrong, that doesn't mean your sins are pardoned. Last page. (laughs) Your repentance only comes if you confess with your mouth and you believe with your heart that Jesus is the Christ. At the girdle of John the Baptist the keys to the kingdom of heaven did not hang. But he said, there is one that comes greater whose shoelaces I am not worthy to bear or to even latch. And this Jesus asked Peter and his disciples, whom do you say that I am? And Peter said, thou art the Christ. Christ the anointed one, the one that we have been waiting for, the promised one, the Savior. And it was to Peter then given the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And it was not by chance that he stood up on the feast of Pentecost and said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. So to know sin but not repent of sin and to know that there's a Savior but not receive the Savior doesn't make you saved or doesn't make you clean. Peter was given the keys by Jesus. Elijah is not the door of salvation. Jesus is the door. If only you could rise up and with your eyes see Jesus only. If only you could realize the reason for this season is the Christ child. The law is fulfilled in Jesus. And all the prophecies are fulfilled in Jesus. Christ is all and we are complete in him in his righteousness. Wherefore, we are no longer servants to sin and bondage. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent his son made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law. Wherefore, we are no longer servants, but we are sons of God looking for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Hallelujah. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, whosoever will, let him come and see Jesus only. Christ, the newborn king. God bless you. (laughs) Hallelujah. There's room at the cross.
1: Praise the Lord this morning. I know when I... Think you, the Christmas story. You can get yourself so particular about things that things get, you miss the whole point. You know, we can get so specific, well, it wasn't December when Christ was born. It was more closer to September from what they figured, but I wasn't there, so I couldn't really tell you exactly when it happened. I couldn't tell you what stable it happened in or what swaddling clothes were actually placed on him. But this I can tell you, that the most phenomenal part to me about the story is a man that gets very little credit. Just a few scriptures is ever mentioned about him. But that's a man named Joseph. You can give me, he got visited by an angel. I've been visited by... Angels, spirits of God, voice of God. I've had God talk to me through tongues interpretation. I've had him talk straight directly through my mind. I've been so anointed that I couldn't even tell you the words that were spoken out of my mouth or the things that happened in the spirit because the hand of God was moving so much. But this I can promise you to for a man to look up every day at a woman with a child that he knew that wasn't his. And to stay with her in faith And I'm sure he had his moments, he had his days. It's not spoken of, but he was still a man. But to be able to have that faith, to see that mission through, Out of all the missions that I see through the word of God, taking down kingdoms, watching walls break down, doing all these other things, giants being slayed. This this wasn't just one moment. This wasn't just one day. This was day after day after day. And the ability of doubt to try to come into his life and how he had to must have cast down doubt. But the faith that that man had to hold through to see his mission, his part of the Word of God put together, his part on this earth through. I find that very, very amazing. If I would have been Paul at the time, of course it hadn't happened very long after him, but he was referring to the Old Testament. That definitely would have been in Hebrews in the faith chapter when I would have put that there, was that this man Joseph took upon his life a burden that very few men could ever have held to and kept his faith to the end of his calling. That part of the Christmas story has always amazed me, you know, and it really testifies to what this thing is about. You're saved by faith through grace. Amen. And how he kept the faith. He kept the fight. He never stopped. He did what he had to do. Through all of it that he did... He had other sons, he had other, other things go on, and i sure it was always hard with that one, and he'd have to remind himself, yes, I, I seen an angel 20 years ago, 10 years ago. I mean, you think about us, how, how quickly, if she was talking, just about putting the burdens back on you immediately when you walk out the door but how he had to hold on to that because one, cause we only know of that one. That one time that God sent a messenger to him to tell him what was going on. That's a long time to hold the faith. Amen. Praise God. And I'm thankful that our God did see it fit to robe himself in the flesh. Come here. Do what he did for us. And it is the reason for the season. And it's hard because we... Bear the burden of who we're buying what for and who's getting what. It's somewhat fun to go and think about what this person wants, what that person wants, and to buy for them. It should be enjoyable. As long as you can keep away from all the fights. And... <laughs> but But bless God, it's wonderful that we live in a time... And a blessing where we're able to give. We're able to do those things, you know. I mean, everybody that I know in here is working, that wants to work, has the availability. And that's a blessing, you know, to have that. Because I know even through my short time here, there's been times when jobs got thin. You're just thankful to have a job. I mean, I I remember one job that me and Reed did. We, We laid hardwood, little hardwood. Not not the white, the little hardwood for $1 a square foot. Yeah. And uh, that was was a long ordeal. (laughs) I don't want to ever go back to that day. (laughs) Laying that little stuff for $1 a square foot. So, um, but I thank God that we all have been blessed in this nation Especially the last four years. It seems like we're three years here. We've had a really good, really good stretch. I know my business has. It's had its ups and downs, but God's always met the way and seen the way. Uh, Does anybody have a praise this morning for the Lord that they would like to offer up? For you parents, so I know Oh, yes, no, you're no. doing. That. Okay, your all right, right up here, kids. <laughs> All right, right
0: up
1: there. Remember, hold it
0: where you don't have nobody. Go right next to Kaylin. right up there. Ready? All right, stop right there. Look at everybody. You ready? Let's sing. Okay, ready? Happy birthday to Jesus. Happy birthday to Jesus.
1: Happy birthday to Jesus! Jesus. Happy Happy birthday birthday to to Jesus! Jesus. Yay!